0: Well, hello there, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 361 of Sustainable Minimalists, a two to three-ish times per week show about intentional and eco-friendly minimalist living. On today's show, we're discussing what actually happens to America's discarded stuff. Not what we think happens, not what we want to happen, but what actually happens to the stuff that we declutter. Here in the United States, we have this pesky little habit. We tend to think that when we dutifully put our trash bags on the curb or when we drop our donation bags at wherever we're leaving them, we tend to think that, number one, the stuff is no longer our problem, and number two, especially the case in donations, we tend to think that we're helping somebody else by passing our discards along. We also tend to believe, because we want to believe it, That whomever is downstream, whoever's getting our stuff, is going to treat it right. We want to believe that the recycling is going to be recycled. The trash is going to be respectfully and conscientiously put to rest. Our old clothes are going to be happily reworn by somebody less privileged than us. But unfortunately, all of this rarely happens. What actually happens is we're sending our junk to poorer countries, and we're making our junk their problems. Out of sight shouldn't mean out of mind, especially when it comes to the stuff that we, and only we, have chosen to amass. That's why, on today's show, I'm outlining what actually happens to America's discards in a four-part show. In part one, we're going to Africa. We're going to Ghana, specifically. And we're seeking to understand why there is a clothing mountain, a literal mountain made of our no longer wanted clothes. Why is that there? Next, we're headed to the Pacific Ocean to discuss the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. After that, we are headed to an unregulated landfill in Alabama, and finally, we're rounding out today's shows with a quick little lightning tour. I guess you could call it a lightning round, a lightning tour of where America's plastics are going these days. Here's a hint it's going all around the world. We're shipping our plastic all around the world. Now, disclosure time. I might bum you out today. <laughs> I very likely may bum you out today, but that is okay because I know you can handle hearing tough truths. And regardless, this is what sustainable minimalists do. We face hard truths instead of turn away from them. So let's get right into part one. Buckle up. We're on the airplane. We're flying to Ghana where there is a literal mountain made of clothes. Let's just all get on the same page by talking about our clothing problem. Every year in the United States, people throw out more than 34 billion pounds Used textiles. If you divide that by the population of the United States, that is more than 100 pounds of textile waste per person each year. Every year, the United States exports more than a billion pounds of used clothing. Exporting means we're sending it out of our borders to somewhere else. Now, why Ghana? How does the clothing get to Ghana? Well, Ghana happens to be one of the world's biggest importers of used clothing. The Cantamanto Market, which is located in Ghana's capital, is one of the largest secondhand clothing markets in all of West Africa. There are approximately 30,000 people who work there to sort and wash and mend and hopefully sell the roughly 25 million garments that pass through it Each month, 25 million garments a month come to the Contamanto market. But there's a problem, right? So it sounds good. They take our clothes, they wash them, mend them, and resell them. Sounds good, but unfortunately, because there are so many cheap clothes coming into the market, about 40% are never reworn, never repurposed, and they end up in the trash. Ghana, as with many developing countries. They do not have the money and they do not have the infrastructure to deal with the sheer amount of waste that we are sending them. This is where the clothing mountain comes in. So we've landed in Ghana. We've got our suitcases. Now we're going to the clothing mountain. It's located within the Capone landfill. And I want to paint a quick picture for you. This is not like a little heap of clothes. It's not the heap of clothes that you need to fold that's on your bedroom floor. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking a literal mountain. One reporter hiked up the clothing mountain and it took her 20 minutes to reach the top. So hopefully that gives you an idea of the sheer magnitude of this pile of clothing. However, I would be remiss if I did not mention that only about 25% of the Cantamanto market's total waste is sent to the clothing mountain at the Capone landfill. 15% of the market's waste is picked up by private collectors who likely illegally dump it in waterways and bury it on beaches and burn it in open lots and just leave it along the side of the road. Now, fun fact here what is the number one most common brand of clothing that's dumped illegally and washing up on beaches? The answer is fast fashion brand H&M. Speaking of H&M, studies have found that when people believe an item can be recycled, they actually consume more of it. And that is why clothing recycling campaigns, and recycling is such a loose term when it's used here. It's greenwashing, plain and simple. But this is why those recycling campaigns that H&M and other fast fashion brands are touting these days, that's why these are problematic, because it entices people to buy more clothes if they think their clothes are actually being recycled or given to somebody who needs them. Not only is the clothing not actually getting recycled, it just encourages people to consume more. So that's the Clothing Mountain in Ghana. Next, we're moving on to the Garbage Patch in the Pacific Ocean. You've likely heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch before. My nine-year-old learned about it in third grade a couple weeks ago. But what is it? The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is a collection of litter in the North Pacific Ocean. Now, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is also known as the Pacific Trash Vortex, and here's something you might not have known. The Garbage Patch is actually two distinct garbage patches, so it's really not one big one. It's two smaller ones. The western part of the Garbage Patch is near Japan, and the eastern part is between Hawaii and California. Now, let's, again, paint the picture. So we are back in our airplane, we're flying over the Pacific, and we're looking down You see out your airplane window two swirling, soupy vortexes of plastics, microplastics, larger debris, and trash. So it's not just the stuff on the surface either. The debris goes way down below the surface of the water. So from where we are in the airplane, you can't even see it all. Let's take this one step further. You might be saying to yourself, oh, well, that's terrible. Two garbage patches. Two collections of garbage to make up one garbage patch in the Pacific Ocean, that's terrible, but at least all the other oceans are clean. Well, not so fast. If we were to fly around in our airplane, zoom around the globe, we would find that even though the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is indeed the largest and the most well-known garbage patch, every ocean has garbage patches. Every single one. Okay, so you might be wondering, how on earth does trash get into the garbage patch? Well, trash is drawn into the two vortexes by ocean currents. It's currently unknown how much trash is in the garbage patch, and it's especially difficult to estimate since some of the trash sinks below the surface of the water and some of it is too small. About 80% of the trash, it's estimated, comes from land-based sources, so your home, my home, etc. And the other 20% comes from boats and fishing nets and other marine-based sources of trash. Now, because the garbage patch is far away from any country's coastline, it's in no man's land. Remember, I had mentioned on a headlines episode before that After you get a certain amount of feet away from the coast of a country, it's no man's land, it's international waters, nobody has jurisdiction over it. So because nobody has jurisdiction, no one country has taken responsibility for cleaning up the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. I should also say here, too, that cleaning up the patch is also going to be complicated by the various sizes of plastic. That are located in the vortexes. The big ones might be easier to capture, but the microplastics will be more difficult. So there's that problem, but then there's also the sheer magnitude of the two vortexes making up the singular patch. The National Ocean and Atmospheric Administration's Marine Debris Program has estimated that it will take 67 ships an entire year to clean up less than 1% of the North Pacific Ocean. Holy moly. So one year's work for 67 ships to clean up less than 1% of our trash. So we're going to take a quick break. And I should say here too, if you're feeling all sorts of things and you want to know how to help, you want to help the Clothing Mountain in Ghana, you want to help the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, towards the end of today's episode, I have some specific tricks and some broader suggestions for you. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to hop back into our airplanes, and we are going to fly to a landfill in Alabama. I'll see you in a minute. Mother's Day is around the corner, and I have the best Gift idea for you. Hold on to your hats. It's mylifeinabook.com. Every week, My Life in a Book will send your mom a question via email. They will compile all of your mom or the mom in your life's answers and create a legacy keepsake book. The book becomes something you and future generations can treasure forever. I gave both my mother and my mother-in-law my life in a book, and they've already started responding to the prompts When my mother-in-law received her first prompt, she said, oh my goodness, what a thoughtful gift. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to give thoughtful gifts. So check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day, mylifeinabook.com, and use code SUSTAINABLE for 10% off today. And we're back. On today's show, we've been traveling around the world. First, we went to Ghana, and then we went to the Pacific Ocean, and now we're headed to Alabama. So buckle up your seatbelts. We're on our way. Before we get there, though, let's talk about some statistics about United States landfills. In 2018, which, by the way, yes, it was five years ago, but it's also the most recent year that the EPA has data for. In 2018, 146.1 million tons of trash was put into landfills. This works out to approximately, maybe you've heard this number before, 2.7 pounds of trash thrown away per American per day that's ending up in landfills. And now if you're ever on Jeopardy and this question comes up, I've got you covered. How many landfills, how many active landfills are there in the United States currently? There are currently approximately 2,000 active landfills here in the United States. All right, so our plane is landing just outside of Birmingham, Alabama in St. Clair County. The landfill there in late last year, late 2022, the landfill caught on fire and burned for months. It is now either very close to being put out or put out completely. The landfill is privately owned. It's called the Environmental Landfill, Inc., and it's about a 13-acre landfill. Nobody knows how the fire started, but initially flames could be seen above the tree line. People had to stay indoors. Residents described having to purchase extra air purifiers for their homes. Many said they were only able to stay outside for a few minutes at a time, And when they were outside, they experienced dizziness, coughing, chest pain. So three months of fire, three months of staying inside. The fire moved underground, which made it much more difficult for firefighters and forestry commissions to put out. To complicate matters, this specific landfill was supposed to only be taking in vegetative waste, so fallen trees, stumps, other natural materials. But records from the Alabama Department of Environmental Management show that the business also took other trash. They say they're taking compostable stuff, but they're taking appliances, tires, scrap metal, etc. Now, if you're thinking to yourself, who cares, Stephanie? Who cares about this one landfill fire? If there's 2,000 landfills here in this country and only one caught on fire, not a big deal. Well, The U.S. Fire Administration says that this is just one of tens of thousands of landfill fires, compacted trash fires, and dumpster fires that happen every single year here in the United States of America. And if you're wondering to yourself, well, why on earth did it take three months, three entire months for this fire to be put out? Well, part of the reason it took so long is that nobody knew who had the authority to enter this private property and fight the fire. And because this is a private landfill, it's not regulated. Most regulated landfills have some system in place to prevent fires. Like Maybe they apply a thick layer of dirt every single day on top of the waste. That's a great fire prevention technique. Some regulated landfills monitor the internal temperature to predict fires and therefore prevent them. But unregulated landfills like this one, they don't take these measures. So finally, on January 18th of 2023, the EPA took over. The EPA brought in 2,599 truckloads of dirt to smother the blaze. And as of two weeks ago, The agency was still finding isolated plumes of smoke that escaped from the pile, but their work is nearly or is complete. Now we're moving on to part four of today's show where we are talking about our recycling. Where are we sending our recycling these days? Well, let's just chit chat for a moment about recycling. The number 8% is often thrown around when it comes to recycling rates. It's been thought that for every 100 items we put in our recycling bin, only 8 of them actually get recycled and 92 of them actually just go to the landfill and become trash. But as of late 22, according to NPR, National Public Radio, that 8% has fallen even further to 5%. So now for every hundred things we put in our recycling bin, only five of them are getting recycled. The recycling rate for plastics in particular is so low because it's really darn expensive to collect and sort it all. Now there are thousands of different types of plastics out there, aren't they? And none of them can be melted down together for reuse. So it's just cheaper. It all comes down to money to just throw it all away. Paper, however, is... Better. Paper is recycled at 66%. So paper is good. Generally, aluminum and glass tend to have slightly elevated recycling rates as well. But plastic? Plastic's not getting recycled like you and I think it is. Or I should say, want to believe it is. So I've covered on the show before that China used to take our recyclables happily. But they stopped doing that just before the pandemic. So where are we sending our plastics these days? Any ideas? Currently, the United States is exporting 38% of its plastic to Canada. Canada. Canada, what are you doing with our plastic? Interesting. 18% of our plastic is going to Mexico. So if 38% is going to Canada and 18% is going to Mexico, there's still slightly less than half of our plastic that's unaccounted for. What countries are taking 46-ish percent of our plastic? Well, next up is India, Malaysia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Turkey, and El Salvador. So we're sending our plastic trash literally all over the globe. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that here in the United States, the vast majority of the plastic waste that we create, so you and me, the vast majority of it, 85%, ends up in landfills, 10% of it is incinerated, and 5% of it is potentially recycled. About 1.5% of plastic waste is exported to other countries. And that 1.5% of plastic going to Canada, Mexico, India, Malaysia, etc., That is included in the 5% recycling rate. Okay. I really wanted, and I hope I succeeded in making the point that we tend to, here in the United States, we tend to make our junk somebody else's problem. And the somebody else often happens to be a developing country or nature of some sort. In this case, In today's show, it was definitely marine ecosystems over in the Pacific Ocean. So I can't end a show on such a sad and dire note. So I always, of course, have some suggestions on how you and I can do better. If the clothing mountain in Ghana really just bothered you, there are ways for you to help as always. And and I should also say here too, of course, the ways to help are things we talk about every single week on this show. So nothing's revolutionary, but perhaps we just all need a reminder. So consider these how to help suggestions, reminders, okay? Number one, if you want to help the clothing mountain in Ghana and the ridiculous amounts of overconsumption when it comes to textiles, as always, the best Way to help is to buy fewer and higher quality pieces of clothing. Wear it for as long as possible. Stay away from the fast fashion if your financial situation allows it. If the garbage patch in the Pacific was really concerning to you and you're picturing swirling vortexes in your mind and you are just disgusted, what can you do? Limit or even better, eliminate the use of disposable plastics in your home. If you have to buy something that's plastic, look for something with a very high percentage of post-consumer recycled waste within. Not a little percentage, a big one. And also, Earth Day is coming up. And what is Earth Day without some community cleanups? I suggest you, if you have a stream or a river in your community, yes, clean up the streets, of course, but spend extra time cleaning up the rivers and the streams because 80% of ocean plastic, so all the plastic that gets into the ocean, 80% of it comes from 1,000 rivers worldwide. So remember, streams become rivers, and rivers funnel into the ocean. So clean up those streams and rivers and hopefully prevent some waste from entering our oceans. If the landfill fire is freaking you out, as it kind of freaks me out, I'll be honest, Zero in on your trash production. How much trash is your family producing? How can you reduce it? We're not about eliminating trash production on this show because it's very, very, very difficult, if not impossible, in my opinion. But reduce your trash. Let's stop being so wasteful and start being more conscientious. And then finally, the recycling problem. That 5% recycling rate, oh my goodness, and we're not recycling it, we're shipping it around, hoping other countries are recycling it for us. If that's concerning to you, as always, try to buy less stuff, buy stuff with less packaging, support the companies who care about plastic waste and are actually doing something to reduce or even better eliminate the amount of plastic they use in their products Also, donate to nonprofits that are fighting plastic pollution. There are lots of them. My final word for today's show is that when we subscribe to the idea that somebody else, someone less fortunate than us, some other country, somebody wants our stuff, when we subscribe to that idea... That is the epitome of white saviorism. We think we're saving the world with our discards, with the stuff we've decluttered. And that's just not true. We need to step away from the white saviorism in that we're helping others when we declutter. We're helping others when we ship our plastic recycling to other countries because then they're creating new products. We're helping Ghana by supporting their clothing market when we send our clothes to Ghana. None of that is true. None of that is true. So if you like this show, I haven't asked in a while, but I'm asking today, if you like this show, would you mind leaving it a quick review? Apple Podcasts and Spotify are both great places to leave reviews. And I thank you so, so much for your time in supporting the show in that way. We'll be back tomorrow with our headlines episodes, which are environmental headlines you need to know in under 15 minutes. So if you have a 15 minute or less commute, you can just put it right on, get the information you need to know and go about your day. I will see you then. Thank you as always for the reviews. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this content. I see you and I appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow. Sick of being upsold at gyms?